You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled The Dynamic Duo, Part 8. Enjoy. Thank you for your presence and for your word ministering to us right now, changing us, revealing to us more of who you are. Thank you for a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, strong in us today. In your son's matchless name, we gather and pray. Amen. Amen. So we've been taking some time to focus on this amazing relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. To, to just meditate on the, the dynamic reality of this fellowship that we, we enjoy with him every day. It's a relationship where the Holy Spirit is continue, continually revealing more of God to us continually unveiling more of Christ to us. And today, God wants you to experience more of his love than you did yesterday. And he wants you to experience more of his provision and power and life than you did yesterday. And that's, we learned last week that that's the heart of God. He's the God who continually reveals himself to us. And he wants you to know him today more so as your healer than you did yesterday. And more so as your strength and your provider than you did yesterday. And we learned last week that not only does God want to reveal himself to you, but he wants to reveal himself through you to those around you. And you know, this is for all ages. It's for Taya. It's for Dana. It's for Eden and Judah, right, and Mariah and Sheridan, Gerard and me, right? It's for five-and-a-half-year-olds and 15-and-a-half-year-olds and 25-and-a-half-year-olds and 105-and-a-half-year-olds, right? The Holy Spirit's for everybody. Don't, let, don't ever let anyone tell you that this dynamic relationship is not for your age group. It's just not true, Eden. No one understands a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, more, better than the Holy Spirit. No one can relate to a 16-year-old better than the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit made them, right? He's for everybody. No one's more relevant to your age than the Holy Spirit. He understands everything you go through, everything you think about, everything you experience, everything you desire, and he loves you with all of his heart, and he wants to reveal himself to you. And God knows how to reveal himself to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to talk to five-and-a-half-year-olds. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. He knows how to bless them and to show himself to them. Yeah. He's awesome. I'm excited, Taya. Holy Spirit showing himself to you. God loving you and experiencing God's amazing love for you. Is that a dum-dum you got in your mind? Do you know where all good dum-dums come from? God makes dum-dums. You know that? Every good thing comes from him. Do you know that, Taya? Ice cream sundaes, puppies, kitty cats, all come from God. Isn't that amazing? That's who he is. So it's better for us to have this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit today than it would have been for us to have been walking with Jesus 2,000 years ago in Galilee. Why? Because Jesus 
was with his disciples then, but he's in us now. And it's infinitely better to have God living in you than for having him just to be with you. And we saw last week that the disciples, they took Jesus at his word. And they went forward. And Jesus gave them his word in Acts chapter 1, and they waited for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They received it in Acts chapter 2, and they went forward, and they became his witnesses. And the world's never been, been the same again. And the world is still feeling the effects of the birth of the church in, in, in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. So that's a key, isn't it, to this dynamic relationship, is taking Jesus at his word and then acting on it, going forward, not looking back. Right? God is I am. He's the present tense reality of your life. He's the now solution to your circumstance. He's I am. We're not looking back. God is doing a new thing in your life today. And I believe God put, gave, gave me this scripture to encourage you today. You can quit put Isaiah 43 up there, verses 18 and 19. God is doing a new thing in your life now, today. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See? He's talking about the eyes of your heart, right? Greater vision is here, not here. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That's the, the, the eyes of the heart I was talking about earlier. You got to see what God's doing in here before you see it here. Got to see it in here. Do you see it in here? See, when you're like that tree planted by the rivers and you're fellowshipping with him, he'll make these eyes in here see. And you'll see things in here that you can't see here yet. And you'll know you've got it here before you see it here. And when you know you've got it here, it's just a matter of time before you see it here. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That's impossible. How are you going to make streams in a, in a wasteland? Well, the God of the impossible is living inside of you, and he does things that, that can't be done. <laughs> the message says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Thank you for your new thing right here, Father, in this church and in everyone's lives here. Thank you for it. We see it with the eyes of faith in Jesus' name. You know, there's no better time to be alive in all of history than May 31st, 2015, than right now. No better time than right now to be alive. Don't get caught up in the negative perspectives of man. The, the fallen nature of man gravitates towards darkness, gravitates towards negativity. 
But when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God lifted you out of that kingdom. He lifted you out of the negative perspectives and the bad outlooks and the darkness, and he transplanted you into the kingdom of light and love and life and vision and dreams fulfilled. Hallelujah. In fact, we're living in a day that was prophesied of long ago. And I want to tell you about three things, three characteristics, three um, fulfillments of this day that was prophesied long ago that you're living right now. It's a day that Abraham longed for, that Isaac and Jacob longed for, the fathers of our faith, that David was longing for and worshiping God for, that, that uh, Malachi and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, that they were all looking for, and it's here today. And we're going to talk about it right now. You got your seatbelts on? So this day that was foretold of long ago, thousands of years ago, was a day when you and God would become one. When the maker of heaven and earth would come and live inside of you. Let's look at this. Let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go back to the major prophets in the Old Testament. You got five books. They call them the books of the major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Let's look at Ezekiel, the major leagues. <laughs> the major prophets. Hallelujah. They're predominantly called that because their books are longer than the minor prophets. Not that, that the minor prophets, what they said was any less important. So a day was prophesied when God would make his home in you, when God would live inside of you, and that day is today. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. This is God speaking through the prophet of the day you're living in today. So here is Ezekiel speaking of May 31st. That's why May 31st is so special, right? 2015. He said, I will give you a new heart on May 31st and, a new, and put a new spirit where? A new spirit, brand new, made by God. Isn't that what Jesus talked about with Nicodemus in John 3? That's what Jesus called being born again, right? When, when you put your faith in Christ, your dry, dead spirit is made brand new and it's alive and it's fresh and it's moist. I'll give you a new spirit I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Before we received Christ, our heart was hard. It, was, it wasn't sensitive to God. It couldn't, it couldn't re respond to him properly. But when we put our faith in Christ, our heart, that heart of stone was removed, and he gave us a fresh heart, an alive heart, a new heart that, was, that, that is sensitive to God's leading in your life, that responds and interacts and fellowships with the Holy Spirit. That's the heart that's in us now. And I will put my spirit where? In you. God's Spirit is in you. Do you spend time thinking about that? That's a great reality to keep 
permanently circulating on your hard drive, right? God's Spirit is living in me. Let's uh, go back two books to Jeremiah, just, just two books before Ezekiel. Jeremiah 32, verse 38. This is Jeremiah also prophesying, God also speaking to him about May 31st, 2015, about now, right? This day that we're living in. Verse 38 of Jeremiah 32, and they shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way. What did Jesus say in John 14, 6? I am the way. God gave us one way. He gave us Jesus. He's the only way to get this new heart. He's the only way for God to come and live inside of you, that they may fear me forever. What happens when you have a, a proper fear of the Lord? For the good of them and, the, uh, and of their children after them, fear of the Lord in this context is an awesome reverence of who he is. And when you have an awesome reverence of him, it opens the floodgates in your life for his presence and all that he wants to do to flow in your life. And I will, I will uh, inspire them, he says here in verse 40. Let's go on to verse 40. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. That wasn't the old covenant, right? That's done away with. It's over forever. It was a, a blood of bulls and goats covenant. It's gone, okay? He said, I'm going to make a covenant with them that has no expiration date. How powerful do you have to be to make an eternal guarantee on your product? Never wears out, never breaks. I've got a lawnmower that we bought in 1999, and that thing's still going. I ran over a pipe with that thing a few weeks ago. Pow! And just stopped. But it started back up again. But this is an eternal lawnmower, man. This is a forever guarantee, and it never gets weak. It never breaks down. He's talking about this covenant that he would make with you through Jesus, right? I will, well, what, wait a minute. What does this covenant entail? I wonder what it's all about. You don't have to wonder, he tells us. Are you ready? This is what this everlasting covenant is all about, and God's about to tell you. Are you ready? I will never stop doing good to them. Are you kidding me? That's, according to God, that's what this everlasting covenant is about. It enables him to never stop doing good to you. It wasn't possible under the old covenant because we weren't righteous. We were made righteous through Christ. The lamb hadn't been slain. Do you understand what I mean? The blood of bulls and goats couldn't set us free. So this everlasting covenant that God has made with you is a covenant where he will never stop doing good to you, and I will inspire them. I want to get in on this, right? I wish someone would have told me about this when I was 13. 
I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so that they'll never turn away from me. He's not done yet. What does this covenant entail? Verse 41, I will rejoice in doing them good. According to God, this covenant is all about him doing us good all the time. Never stopping. Uh, am I making this up? Or are we just reading the Bible? Right? I'll rejoice in doing them good. You see how God was longing for this covenant to be ratified so he could just in our lives, so he could show himself to us unhindered? I'll rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. Now, in the old covenant, they had a place called the promised land. In the new covenant, this promised land is not a geographical location. It's a quality of life. It's where you're living your life experiencing his promises. He said, I will, I will never stop doing good to them. I will inspire them. I will rejoice in doing them good. And I will plant them assuredly in the center and fulfillment of every promise that I have made. Jesus said in John 14, 23, hey, this is today, isn't it? We're not waiting for this to happen. This is today. This is May 31st. This is today. This is tomorrow, June 1st, right? This is now. Jesus said in John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father. See, keeping the word just comes with love. It's not a stressful thing. It's not a religious duty. You love God, you keep his word. Love, love produces right actions, right? It's just a fruit of love. Love moves you to do things that are pleasing to God, not religious duty right? So he who loves me will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and do what? Make our home where? With them, right? So a day was prophesied long ago when you would become God's mailing address, right? When your name would be his zip code. When people want to look for God, they can come and talk to you and experience him. Right? So wherever you're at, if someone wants to know God, they can meet him through you. They don't have to come meet some famous pastor or, or, or some minister that he's living in you. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, God's made his home in you. So you're fully qualified and prepared to give life to whoever it is that would need it. Right? Paul said, remember him, Paul, who, who wrote... Uh, Corinthians, the two letters to the Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, he said in chapter 6, verse 16, and what agreement has the temple of God, that's you, right, with idols, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell where? In you, in them, and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. A day was prophesied long ago when God would live in you. One more scripture about this aspect of the day we're living in. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. In the Amplified, 
This is the day you're living in. This is right now. For in him, that's talking about Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature, and you are in him, made full and having come, past tense, to fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead. Just close your eyes for a minute. Just think about that. I'm filled with the fullness of God. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Just say that softly to yourself. I'm filled with the fullness of God. That'll drive sickness right out of your body. I want you to imagine it, see it with your eyes of your heart, and say it to yourself. I'm filled with the fullness of God. I've got God coming out of every pore. I'm filled with the fullness of his life and love. Hallelujah. Greater is Christ in me than any virus in this world. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Christ himself, the Godhead is dwelling in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's something to say regularly to yourself. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Weist says it this way. And you, that's you, are in him, having been completely filled full. I remember as a kid, my grandpa would get this spring water. We'd drive out, oh, about maybe 12 miles or so from, from his house, and we'd go out in the country to this spring. It was just a pipe sticking out of the side of a hill that this, the guy who owned the land made it available to the public. He tapped into this well. So there's fresh spring water just continued flowing out of this pipe. And my grandfather, we'd bring like, you know, 12, 15 jugs, gallon jugs. And I'd just stand there with him. We'd fill these jugs up. And I'm thinking of this right now. You're filled with the fullness of God. And boy, those jugs would just be, I just like to watch them. I'd fill it up, but I'd leave it under there. And I just like to watch it gush over my hands. And, and there's a little stream there because the water just kept running. And it ran all, all, it's probably still running today, right? We're filled with the fullness of God. This nonstop supply of life is flowing through our feet and our ankles, through our muscles, our knees, our tendons, our vertebrae, hallelujah, our ears, right? Our eyes, our heart, our veins, hallelujah. But not only was this day that we're living in now where God is living us, not only was it prophesied that God would make his home in you, but it was prophesied that, that a day would come when God would give you his very own righteousness. And this is going to blow your mind. Are you ready for this one? Now, we read Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27, but verse 25 
says this, and I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. How clean are you? Totally clean, right? How clean are you? Now, here's what I want to get into. And boy, I'm telling you, Holy Spirit, we thank you for revealing more of Christ to us right now. We grab a hold of what you're about to impart to us, and we thank you for it exploding in us, growing and flourishing in us, in Jesus' name. There is a major connection between health and righteousness. And we're going to see it, all right? Well, let's, let's go here, the book of Joel, all right, one of the prophets. Book of Joel, chapter 3. I'm going to share the verse with you, and then we're going to go to Job. Joel, chapter 3. Now, Joel, or Joel, was the one that Peter quoted on the day the church was born. He said, this is the fulfillment of the prophet Joel, right? So the fulfillment of Joel's prophecies are found in the New Testament church. And in verse 21 of chapter 3, God speaks through Joel. And he talks of the day that we're living in right now. He says, for I will cleanse their blood. That I have not cleansed. God could not cleanse their blood in the Old Testament. Wasn't possible because the blood of animals couldn't do it. He needed the lamb of God's blood to be shed. So that your very blood could be cleansed. Clean blood means clean health. What did Jesus say to some who came to him in the New Testament? Be clean. Didn't he say that to the leper? Be clean. There is a supernatural cleansing that takes place when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and it cleanses your very blood. Close your eyes again. I want you to imagine clean blood flowing through your veins and arteries freely. And say this softly to yourself, I have clean blood flowing through every vein and artery. Go ahead and say it. I have clean blood flowing through every vein and artery. I have clean blood flowing through my body. I have clean blood flowing through my body. I have clean blood flowing through my body. Isn't that what transfusions are about, right? I want to give someone new blood. They need, they need some fresh blood. Now, here's the verse that I wanted to get to. Now, this is a doozy. We've got to go back to Job for this one. This is so good. Job is the oldest book in the Bible and probably the most misunderstood book in the Bible. And this is chapter 33 of Job. Now, there were five main people in Job. There was Job, his three friends, and a young man by the name of, by the name of Elihu. And out of all five of those people, all of them were rebuked by God except for one, and it was Elihu. 
All the rest were rebuked and corrected by God except for him. And Elu is a type of Christ, and he speaks prophetically of what God would do for us through Jesus Christ in Job chapter 33, verse 23. Now, you've got to grab a hold of this with your heart. This is powerful. And he's prophesying, speaking by the, by the Holy Spirit. In verse 23, he said, If there is a messenger for man, for him. Right? Job at this point was in a devastating place in his life. His, his, his flesh was, was uh, full of boils. And here's Elihu saying, If there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among thousand, to show man God's uprightness. Now, wait a minute. Let's stay here for a moment. What is it? Um, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He was not a mediator at this point in time. Job did not have Christ as his mediator. He could not become our mediator. It says one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He could not become our mediator until he became a man. And when he came to earth as a man and went through all that he went through and was crucified as a man and as the Lamb of God, he died as a man, took our sins as a man, went to hell as a man, and rose from the dead as a man. He said to his disciples, touch my hands and my feet. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. And then he ascended back to the Father and prevented his, presented his clean blood in the Holy of Holies, and he became our mediator. And Elihu is saying, Job, if you only had a mediator that could stand before you and between you and God and declare unto you God's righteousness, everything would change in your life. One translation says that, that to show man his uprightness or to declare that he is righteous or upright. In other words, in the heavenly realms, you have an accuser. And I heard Joseph Prince say this, and I thought it was a great revelation. If you look in the book of Job, you'll see Satan comes before God and accuses Job. How did he get that access to that place? And Joseph uh, Prince revealed, and I thought it was great, that that's the place that Adam was given and that Adam gave to Satan when he fell. But Satan doesn't have that place anymore. Jesus is there now. You see, he took that place back. And he's now standing before God. So when the accuser comes and says, you don't deserve to be well, you don't deserve to be blessed, Jesus declares to the accuser that you are the righteousness of God in him. That you are righteous. He says, no, they're not righteous. They've fallen short of your glory. He says, no, they're righteousness. The righteousness they have is from me. And you can't do anything about it. Yes. We're not done yet. What's this now? What's this now? Then he, is, then he is gracious to him. Then now God can flow in your life. When you have a mediator that, that, that imparts to you his righteousness, then he's gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down to the pit, from destruction. I have found 
a ransom. I have found full payment for every sin you've committed. And now I'm going to bless you like I could never bless you before. What is the effect of God giving to us his very own righteousness? It tells us in verse 25, his flesh shall be fresher than a child. Am I making this up? We just read the Bible. His flesh shall be fresher than a child. He shall return to the days of his youth. You will see this in the scriptures. If we had time, we'd read it. For time's sake, we won't. Elisha sends word to Naaman, the leper, who's a leader in his nation who wants to be healed of leprosy. And he tells him to go into the Jordan seven times, and he will be clean, right? Clean and healing go together, right? And then Naaman finally agrees to do it. He takes God at his word, and he steps forward. He goes in, and it says when he came out that his flesh was made new like a child's. In Psalm 103, prophetic scripture, Talking about the relationship, the covenant we have with God says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Major connection between sin and sickness. I don't mean that that if you're dealing with a sickness, it's because you sinned. I don't mean that. I mean that sickness came due to the curse of sin. It's attached to that. And some people come along and say, someone's dealing with a bad situation in life, they'll say it's because of your sin. No, it's not. It, it, it's, it's not. It's not God punishing you. It came into the earth through the curse of sin, but through faith in Christ you're delivered from that. So who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. They go together. And redeems your life from the pit, like Elihu said. Another word for that is destruction. Redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with love and compassion. And then verse 5 says, and satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Are you telling me that God wants to renew your youth? Yes. And that renewal comes through a realization that you are his very own righteousness. Sickness has no right in your life. You are clean. You are righteous. Verse 26, he shall pray unto God and he'll be favorable unto him when he has a mediator, right? And he shall see his face with joy for he, being God, will render unto man his righteousness. We got one more scripture we got to go to here. Isaiah 54, same thing, talking about the righteousness of God. Major connection. This is the day we're living in today. God has rendered unto you, he has given to you his righteousness, and it's affecting your flesh. Fresher than a child's. New, fresh, strong, vigorous. Isaiah 54, verse 9. And again, prophetic, talking about today. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have sworn that I would not be angry. 
with you nor rebuke you. Are you telling me that God is never going to be angry with you again? Yes. Ne- just like Noah. When Noah came out of the ark, God made a covenant with him. He said, I'm never going to flood the earth again. He said, in that same way now, in this everlasting covenant, I'm, I'm swearing to you that I'll never be angry with you again. I'll never rebuke you again. Never. That my favor will be forever upon you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of shalom, of wholeness, of prosperity, of well-being be removed from you, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. So if you ever find yourself going before God, feeling condemned, feeling rebuked, feeling chastised, that is not the Lord. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He does correct us, but it's an edifying correction. It's a strengthening correction. It's a pick-you-up correction, not a put-you-down. Right? So don't give in to condemnation. Never again. Never again. Your righteousness is from Him. Verse 14, in righteousness you shall be established. Wow, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near near you. Verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn this. This is the heritage that you are enjoying today. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, we'll finish it up. Are you ready? So major connection between the righteousness you have and the health that belongs to you. Don't accept sickness of any shape or size. It doesn't belong to you. You've been redeemed from it. You are clean. God says so. You're clean. This day that was prophesied of long ago, a day when God would come and live inside of you, when you would be filled with the fullness of God, is today. This day when God would impart to you and give to you forever His very own righteousness is today. And this day that was prophesied long ago is a day when every promise that God would, had made would be fulfilled and made available to you through simple faith in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Every promise today is now yours through faith in Christ. I'm not making this up. It's not a fairy tale. It's called the new covenant. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. This is not a scratch ticket. This is reality, right? They are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the so be it is spoken by us to the glory of God. God gets glory when you're well. God gets glory when you're, when you're abounding financially. God gets glory when good things are done to you. 
the goodness of God in your life. Jesus prophesied of this day. He began his ministry talking about this day. In Luke chapter 4, he, he, he was in the, the starting blocks of his ministry, and he stood up in the temple, and he unrolled the scroll of Isaiah, and he prophetically declared that the Spirit of the Lord, in verse 18 of Luke 4, is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the good news which is what you're hearing this morning, to the poor. And he has sent me to heal, not to make sick, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance, not bondage, to the captives and recovering of sight, not blindness, to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And here's the kicker, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What was that? The year of Jubilee. When all debts were paid, every slave was set free, every bond was broken. The Amplified says it this way, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That is today. That's the day. That's May 31st, baby. Woo! I was never so glad for May. And boy, am I looking forward to June. So this is the day we're living in. It's the day that Daniel said that those who are living in this day, those who know their God, will be strong and do exploits. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for this day. Woo! We thank you for this brand new day, Lord. We thank you for this day. Our righteousness is from you. The provision in our lives is from you. Our strength is from you. Our clean blood is from you. We thank you for cleansing our blood. We thank you for renewing our youth fresher than a child's father we thank you for your life flowing through us all non-stop you're never gonna stop doing good to us you're never gonna turn your back on us you're never gonna stop blessing us you're never gonna rebuke us or be angry with us again you're gonna inspire us every single day you're gonna move us forward in your plan and purpose for our lives and we're here to say thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! This is the day. Hallelujah. The dynamic duo. Glory to God, you and the Holy Spirit. Blessed beyond measure. God, we love you and we thank you. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for everyone here. I pray, Lord God, that more than ever the revelation of this day that we're living in would just, just, just uh, radiate and blossom inside of every heart here and every heart that hears this message. In Jesus' name, that joy, and, that the joy would, would replace sadness, that strength would replace weakness, and your provision would replace lack in Jesus' name. And I bless everyone here in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for making the crooked places straight, for going before everyone here, for leading them forward on the paths that you've prepared for them, that they're living the good life that you've made ready for them to live, that you are their covering, you are their protection, you are their strength, their shield, and their victory. And I bless them in Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. 
we invite you to take God at His Word. Embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.